At Auth0, we are a authentication and authorization as a service startup company. We want to make it effortless for you to implement Auth0 in your applications. We're really trying to drive adoption of JSON Web Tokens. With JSON Web Tokens, you as the user, you don't care where this token was generated, how it was generated. All you care is that a trusted party is providing it and it can be verified by your backend. Hey, this is Brian, and you're listening to Jamstack Radio, a bi-weekly series where we discuss the Jamstack, a new way of building websites and apps that are fast, secure, and simple to work with. Jamstack Radio is brought to you by Heavybit, a program dedicated to helping startups take their developer products to market. For more information, visit heavybit.com. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter at Jamstack Radio. So welcome to another installment of Jamstack Radio. On the line, I've got... Otto Kukic, I'm having you here because you work for OffZero. So do you want to explain who you are and what OffZero is? Sure, absolutely. My name is uh, Otto Kukic. I work as a developer evangelist at OffZero. And um, at OffZero, what we do is uh, we are a authentication and authorization as a service startup company. So what we want to do is we want to make it very easy for developers, uh, regardless of stack, regardless of technology, to implement you know, best-in-class authentication, authorization, single sign-on. Basically, you know, handle your entire identity management so you don't have to be a security expert to have a really good authentication system in place. And um, what I do with the company is uh, I go out and I talk to developers. I host talks, host workshops on you know, on sharing best practices for implementing authentication and authorization the right way, and hopefully, you know, in a way that is not going to get you on the front page of Hacker News or any other site saying that you've been data breached. Who and is your background in security or cryptography, or did you kind of find your your way through another means? Interesting story about that. So my personal background is not heavily in security. You know, I, you know, in my past lives, I did. Build a couple of different authentication and authorization systems for companies that I worked at, but you know my background has always been more in education and in sharing knowledge. So when I came on board on the company, I actually started off as a technical writer, doing a lot of R and D and figuring out how to integrate Odd Zero into different frameworks and different technologies, and I actually you know making it digestible for new developers to understand how everything works. So. In the company, you know, I'm not one of the big security experts, but we do have a lot of you know very well known programmers who kind of lead our architecture and development. So with Off Zero, and I, I've got some familiarity with like Off Zero because I've used it for some side projects as well as some more serious projects like at work. The beauty of it is like you you can drop in Off Zero as a solution into like any sort of project. Like, what are there any limitations on like projects that you can't use Off Zero with? That's kind of the beauty of Auth0 is that we made it totally platform agnostic. So, you know, whether you're building a single page application with Angular or you're, you know, you have an existing legacy tech stack that's built on, you know, Java 6 or any type of framework that you have, you can basically integrate Auth0 in. And we have SDKs, we have, you know, quick starts for over 50 different languages and frameworks that you can just, you know, like you said, almost drag and drop, or, you know, in our case, fork the repo, download it to your local machine and get started. But we also do expose an API where, you know, if we don't have an SDK 
or you know a quick start for a specific language, uh, you can always call our API directly and get the same exact functionality. Cool. With Off Zero, like if I, if I hand over my authentication to Off Zero, um, I, I know one concern that some people might have that they don't know the code or know what's been written or uh, a trust a service like Off Zero, like. How does security work for that? If I'm trusting Off Zero for the authentication of my customers, but also my entire like content of my site. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, uh, security and you know, handing off your authentication for your application is probably one of the biggest things that that you know you'll decide to do if you don't want to build it yourselves. Because if your users can't log in, then your application is essentially hosed and nobody can access it. So the the way that we built Auth0 is we built it entirely on open standards. So we use JSON Web Tokens. We're using you know OpenID, OpenID Connect, uh, SAML, and basically all of the technology that, that we use is mainly open source. And one of the benefits of actually doing that is that we don't lock you into a specific architecture. You know, we don't. Everything that that we're doing is. Not you know some custom code, some black box that that you have no idea what's happening. So the benefit that you get there is, if down the line you decide that you know Auth zero isn't for you, you don't have to rearchitect your entire identity infrastructure. You can just say you know I don't want Auth zero to issue JSON web tokens anymore. I'll have my own server do it or a different provider. So you know you're not locked in. You're not. Handing us over, you know, the, essentially like the keys to your kingdom, uh, you're basically just using our platform a, as a proxy for for a secure environment. My introduction with like Offzero was through the use of JavaScript, but you mentioned I didn't actually realize this that you guys have SDKs outside of JavaScript. So, how does Offzero keep up to date with all of that? I, I guess if you're using all the open source standards, I guess it's easier because all the SDKs do have a language implementation of that. Is that correct? Yes. So, you know, if you go to like our docs page, the first thing we ask you is what type of application are you building? And, you know, traditionally, you know, we have provided a lot more support in the JavaScript land where, you know, we have an SDK for Angular, for React, for Vue, you know, Ember, jQuery. But, you know, we do want to support developers regardless of, you know, what their technology stack is. So, our team maintains a, an SDK for every language, and then you know if we see that a specific framework for that language is gaining popularity, like you know in in Java land we have a standard Java SDK, but then we also have an SDK for you know like Java Spring or Play or you know any number of the other Java frameworks that you know make it a little bit easier for you to get started. Because really, what we want to do is we want to make it effortless for you to implement Auth0 in your application. So you don't have to uh, spend a whole lot of time doing research and figuring out how to write code. We just want you to get it implemented and you know focus on building technology that's relevant to your business use case, that's relevant to your application. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense too. So what's your personal opinion between the, like this in general when you're using an API, using the SDK over using just like curl commands or direct access to like HTTP I bring this up because I just built a project using GitHub's mm-hmm. API, and I found some limitations in their SDK. So I just went back to curl and started doing curl commands. Mm-hmm. So with your SDKs, are they fully featured, or is there some things you're going to have to do directly from the API? 
They are fully featured. So, you know, all of the SDKs that we do support, and, you know, there is a lot of them. So it's a lot of work on our end to support all of them. Yeah. But, you know, we, we do want to give developers that, that same level of flexibility and functionality, whether they're using an SDK or whether they're, you know, making API calls directly. And um, the only difference really is we have the, like when you log into your Auth0 dashboard, you could do a lot of the management tasks there. You can, you know, create clients, you know, get your keys, create new APIs and stuff like that. But there are some additional features that aren't available in the UI dashboard that you can basically, you know, activate with the flip of a switch. Some of those you would have to use the management API directly for. But everything else when it comes to your application, whether you use the SDK or the API directly, it's the same exact experience. So you mentioned uh, in passing to a couple times uh, JavaScript web tokens. Can you explain like what those are and how important is that to to Off Zero? Sure. So our entire infrastructure, or you know, the, the way that that we want developers to look at security is through JSON web tokens. And what a JSON web token is is essentially a really long string of characters that means nothing to the end user, but contains so much important information when it comes to the identity of of the user. So one way to think about it is, you know, if you're building a JavaScript application or if you're building an application that, you know, whether it's Angular, React, plain old JavaScript, it's going to live entirely in the client. And in the client, you can't have any secrets. You can't have any information that a user shouldn't have or that a malicious actor shouldn't have because it's public. You know, you could try to obfuscate it, you could try to hide it, you could, you know, minify your code, but anybody with enough time and enough incentive can decouple your code and kind of understand, you know, if you're trying to hide keys in there or, you know, user data that's sensitive. So what a JSON web token allows you to do is encode data or not essentially, you encode it, but it's also signed. So when a user is authenticated, we'll sign a JSON web token and we'll say, hey, Brian, you know, the user logged in, his name is Brian, and he is user number 1234. That'll be encoded in the JSON web token, and that token is going to be stored on the client side in your browser. And, you know, traditionally you store this token in local storage. You can also store it as a cookie. So, you know, in that regard, JSON web tokens are not much different from session IDs. You know, if you've built a traditional web application, when a user logs in, instead of, you know, encoding a whole bunch of data on that user, you just encode a single ID, store it in a cookie, and that kind of tells the application that the user is authenticated. Now, where the difference comes with JSON web tokens is they're not specific to a single domain. So, you know, the traditional way we build applications is we have an API living on one server, our client living on another, and then we might have a mobile application, we might have an IoT device that all talk to the same API. And trying to do that with cookies, with, you know, traditional session management, is very hard, almost impossible. So with JSON web tokens, you as the user and even you as a developer, you don't care where this token was generated, how it was generated. All you care is that a trusted party, and whether that's Odd0 or whether that's a server that you stood up that's going to sign these JSON web tokens, is providing it and it can be verified by your backend. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like I, um, I've done the authentication through cookies in the past. I've actually 
exploited sites as well who, uh, I guess I shouldn't be talking about this publicly, but exploited sites who also do authentication through cookies like five, five, six years ago. Uh-huh. Uh, so I know why you shouldn't do that because I've actually taken advantage of sites for them that do do that. But I recently built a site where I was using local storage to pass around secret keys as well, which is probably also a big no. But um, I didn't realize that JWP is also not domain specific as well because I do make a lot of apps who that do need to be on the web, but also in like a React Native client. Mm-hmm. And React Native, if you ever used it, the way you handle local storage or even the idea of cookies is way different. Um, so you have to change the way you approach things. So having a u- universal library um, or a protocol basically for called JWTs, it makes it a lot easier for that. Which I want to point out too, I actually read the JWT book, which is linked um, somewhere on the web. I'm not sure how I found it. Maybe it's somewhere in Off-Zero. But it's actually a really good read for anybody who wants to dive deeper in that topic, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the JWT handbook uh, was written by one of my colleagues, Sebastian, and you know he really goes into in depth on what a JSON JSON Web Token actually is, how it works, the different you know cryptography you know that kind of makes up how JSON Web Tokens are signed, how they're uh, transmitted, how they're verified. And um, one thing I do want to point out to to the listeners is that a JSON web token is signed. It's not encrypted. So at Azure, we we actually have a service called JWT.io that you can take any JSON web token, just paste it in there, and be able to read its contents. So JSON web tokens, they're not private, they're not encrypted, but what they are is that they are signed by a hashing algorithm like you know HS256 or RS256. And what this does is it, it prevents the token from modification. So the token is signed with a certain payload, with a certain set of data. And if you change even the smallest attribute of that data, you know, in, instead of Brian, if you, you know, lowercase the B in Brian, then that token is no longer valid. It's not going to be verified by the backend server as a valid token unless it was re-signed again by Auth0 or by a trusted service that you know, had the lowercase B instead of the uppercase B in, in the word Brian. So I'm curious about this uh, using JWT. Uh, dot, is it .org or .io? It's a .io. Okay, so if I go there with JWT that I have signed, mm-hmm. I'm just pasting that, and I can see the data based on that JWT. So, or do I have to also? Provide a signature as well. Uh, no, you don't have to provide the signature. Uh, basically, what the JWT.io service allows you to do is to see the contents of the JSON Web Token, and then uh, you know there is a section we have where you can enter a signature to see if that signature can verify the token. So you know if you know what the signature is, you can see th- that the token was verified. But you know, I guess if you you know, had unlimited amounts of time. You can try every possible signature string in the world and try to decode, you know, with what password or with what signature this token was signed with. And there are really two ways to sign JSON Web Tokens. You know, two very popular ways. One is with the HS two fifty six signing algorithm, which is basically like a secret key. And with this one, you know, basically when you create the JSON Web Token and you say, okay, you know, here's my token. I want to sign it with the password secret. You know, you shouldn't use a short word like that or a short string like that, but you know, that's usually good enough. 
the other way of signing JSON Web Tokens is with the RS-256, and this is basically uh, private-public key encryption. So, you know, we signed the token with a private key, and then you decoded having a public key that was generated from that private key. So, you know, that, that's a much more secure way of signing JSON Web Tokens and making sure that they're much more secure and can't be hacked or can't be uh, decoded as easily. I have two follow-up questions for that too. So, do you guys have um, you guys provide like two-factor authentication on as part of your identity service? Yes, we do. So, wanted to build a platform that allows you to manage your entire user identity. So, authentication and authorization are really a means to an end of having a really whole circle, or you know, having the entire identity story figured out and. Authentication, you know, how you log in is one aspect of it, a very important aspect of it. You have authorization, which is making sure that the users have access at the right time. So if an admin logs in, they can access, you know, admin level features. If a regular member logs in, they can only access the features that were enabled for them. But building on top of that is the whole identity aspect and security aspect of it. So one of them that you mentioned is two-factor authentication. And we provide this either with our built-in Auth0 Guardian product, or you can use any other two-factor authenticator like Google Authenticator, Duo Security, or any other platform that, that provides two-factor authentication and built it and basically extend Auth0 with it. In addition to that, you know we have a whole suite of features. Uh, one of them is our rules extensibility engine that allows you to manage what happens after a user logs in. So when a user successfully authenticates, you can check and see, you know, how long has it been since they changed their password, and if it's been a certain amount of time, you can force them to change their password. You can. Uh, you know, whitelist certain domains so users, you know, with the Gmail can log in, but users without, you know, users with other domains can't. And another aspect is single sign-on, right? You know, these days you have so many different applications that you log in, it can be a pain to try to remember all the passwords and you shouldn't use the same password for everything. So, you know, we offer single sign-on for for companies that, that want to integrate it so that you know they can have one or many applications and their users only have to log in once and they'll ha- gain access to all of these various applications. Oh, very cool. It wasn't really clear, I'm not sure the listeners are, this is public information, but off zero, did you, you guys invented this uh, JWT protocol for signatures? Uh, no, no, no. So we didn't uh, invent it. So it is an open uh, RFC standard. The JSON Web Token standard is, you know, totally open technology. What we did do, though, is we're kind of helping adopt it and make it much more accessible. Like we have over 600 different open source libraries that basically implement what the JSON Web Token standard is um, in easy-to-use SDKs that, that you can use without even using Odd0. So like, like the Node JSON Web Token library is one that we maintain, that we contribute to heavily, so yeah, I mean, we're really trying to drive adoption of JSON Web Tokens, but you know, we did not invent them. Okay, yeah, I wasn't, that wasn't actually very clear for me even before our conversation, so I'm glad you cleared that up too as well. You guys are doing a very good job driving adoption, because I know other libraries and projects that are using this outside of Auth0, but my introduction to JWTs was a couple years ago when Auth0 was a solution for my project, so that's a, that's a good thing to know. I did want to zoom out real quick too, is Auth0, a more Auth0 question. Um, how big is the company, and uh, 
It's only been around for a handful of years, right? Uh, yeah, I think we were um, originally founded in 2013. So we've only been around for about five years now. And since 2013, we've grown to about 260 employees now. And uh, we are still currently hiring. So you know, if anybody is looking for a job, we're looking for developers, content writers, all sorts of positions. And you can find out all about them at oddzero.com forward slash careers. It's a really, really great company to work for. One of the best that, that I've yeah. been lucky to be a part of. And remote friendly too as well, because you're you're not based in the Bay Area. Yes, very remote friendly. So, you know, out of the uh, 260 employees that we have, the vast majority of them work remote. Uh, we do have offices in Bellevue, Washington and in uh, Buenos Aires, Argentina. Uh, we actually do have an office in London now as well. And so these are kind of our gathering spaces where, you know, our CEO and our, you know, co-founders um, work out of. And this kind of gives us an office space where everybody can kind of get together and work work together, have meetings. But the company is very remote friendly. Like me, for example, I work out of Las Vegas, Nevada. So I am uh, almost 100% remote. That's awesome. So is there uh, anything else that you want to cover about Offsero before we transition to uh, Jampix? One of the biggest questions that I get when you know when folks are asking me about authentication and authorization and Auth0 specifically is how should I log in? Like you know what's what's the best way to log in? And for a long time we at Auth0 we had the lock login widget, which uh, you know is another it's a React based application that you just drop into your project and you can easily have all of the features of Auth0 and control them from the Auth0 dashboard. So, you know, if you enable Facebook and GitHub login, the login with Facebook and login with GitHub buttons will show up in lock. And uh, for a very long time, you know, this was, and, you know, many companies are still using this, but lately, and, you know, we've seen this adopted in a lot of companies, especially companies that are building, you know, Jamstack applications, JavaScript applications, is the desire to have a separate login page away from your application. So we support this at Odd0, and basically what you can do is you just have a login button on your application. The user clicks login, they're redirected to a separate domain, you know, somewhere at Odd0, like, you know, brian.odd0.com, and the user is logged in there. And this is kind of a self-contained, secure environment where, you know, we can safely collect the user's you know, email and password or, you know, whatever credentials they're using and then send the user back in the application in a much more secure way than just having the, you know, collecting those credentials within your app. So, you know, we we support this and we also support a CNAME functionality so you can customize the hosted login page URL so it can be, you know, account.myapplication.com or ID or, you know, Google does account.google.com. So you know that's one of the the big things that we're trying to push people towards. Cool. And where can uh, we find out more about that uh, that information? So that is all in our oddzero.com forward slash docs site. Um, all of our quick starts have been updated with that terminology and you know with that reasoning. And you can learn a lot more about you know why and how this is the way to go for security in 2018 and beyond. Cool. Sounds good. All right, so I'm going to transition us to jam picks. So these things are things that keep you going, uh, make you excited to work, or just make it be excited not to work. So it's a broad scale. And um, Otto, if you don't mind, I'll go first. Actually, one of my picks is going to be the JWT handbook. 
I was going to mention that, but it got mentioned naturally in conversation. So my other thing is going to be these things called turtle shells. So I'm going to have to kind of take off and then land the plane. So bear with me. So there's this whole thing about cryptocurrencies. And I was going to ask, I was going to make a joke about um, Off Zero if you guys are on the blockchain or not. Um, you don't have to tell me if you guys are ICOing soon, but uh, I'll be looking for that. Um, so I've been getting really involved in just the whole cryptocurrency space as a, a spectator, as well as like a, a, a very, very minimal uh, holder of these, uh, these crypto coins. And I just recently got into mining as of yesterday. So there's this new coin that showed up on 4chan. I wasn't on 4chan, but I knew somebody who was who did mentioned it. 4chan is a very interesting place if you've never been there. Ask your uh, cousin that's in college about it. But um, so this thing called turtle shells. So there's been Dogecoin, and there's more recently there's been like Garlic Coin, which is based on like garlic bread. Uh, Dogecoin is based on like the Shiba dog. Uh, so now they have turtle shells, uh, which are these also coins, but they're based on turtles. So if you go to turtleturtle.org, um, it talks all about it. It's, it's basically a joke, but it's probably the cleanest code I've seen for like getting like wallets set up. But also getting involved in mining. Granted, it also is pretty new, so they were able to make this up at a cleaner fashion and open source everything, like in modern technology, like how you would write code today. So that's mainly the reason why it's a lot easier for me because like I haven't been developing code for that long and know how to read C++. So I can kind of get my way around. Uh, but they've set up all these make files to get stuff started. So within 30 minutes of learning about it, and then five minutes of running some make files, I've got a mining. My my MacBook is a mining rig, and um, obviously you can't mine Bitcoin on MacBooks because uh, it takes too much uh, processing power. Anyway, we don't have to get into all that. Uh, but because turtle shells are so new, the difficulty is so low that you could actually mine it on your computer right now. Uh, hopefully, by the time this podcast comes out, you can at least make a couple turtle shells uh, a night. So I, I ran my computer last night for eight hours, and I was able to make five hundred turtle shells, which was inter- very interesting. I don't think they're going to be very useful ever, but it's got me really interested in, in like the actual code behind this whole cryptocurrencies thing. So I've been doing a deep dive this morning about like how hashing works and um, how to build your own blockchain in JavaScript. So uh, my second pick would be uh, Freed Code Camp. It actually it does have a, a link to a tutorial on how to build a blockchain in JavaScript. So if you are interested, definitely check that out. Uh, those are those are all my picks. Uh, I am gonna be pennies and pennies rich with these turtle shells in the future. So. If you don't find me, it's because I'm on some sort of uh, island somewhere cashing in. <laughs> well, uh, that that's really good to hear. Uh, I haven't heard of of uh, turtle shells before, but uh, you know, I, I'm a very very minor player in the whole <laughs> cryptocurrency thing. I did have a mining rig for a little bit. The thing that that turned me off of it was really uh, my computer fans kept going off. Yeah. you know, twenty four seven, and uh, it got really annoying. And I wasn't mining enough, you know, coins for it to be worth my time. But you know, at Odd Zero, we actually did write a series of blog posts, and this was a Sebastian again on um, Ethereum and how it works, and you know what its future holds with regards to to the blockchain and identity. So you know, it, definitely, if you're interested in cryptocurrency, it's a it's a very good read to at least give you some insight on how it works. I don't know if identity has has a space in the blockchain yet, or you know has a specific need. But I think it's definitely something to to look out for in the future. And if somebody does figure it out, it, it could be an interesting revelation. Yeah, I think someone will try to figure out how to shoehorn it in. Like 
the speed that these ICOs are coming out and the ideas that are starting to come out, it's almost like the uh, well, everybody's calling it a bubble. And I know we're transitioning away from picks and we're kind of waxing poetic, but like once you get to the point where now you're getting all these random ideas based on ICOs, I think we'll hit like peak bubble, and then we'll maybe hopefully the the better projects will kind of float to the top on that point. But uh, that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> so, do you have any uh, any picks that weren't blockchain related? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, uh, I am excited for for the future of blockchain and just seeing how it develops. But uh, for my pick, you know, I've my entire career for the most part has been in front end development. You know, started off as a front end dev and then worked mainly with JavaScript technology, so Angular, React, a whole lot of Angular, <laughs> actually, for better or worse. And over the last couple of years, I you know got into more and more full stack development. And you know, Node.js was an obvious choice that I worked with for for many years. But I came across Go a couple of years ago. And it has by far been my favorite language to to work with. And I don't know if you know a lot about the the Go programming language, but it's uh, it's a language developed by Google, and it's super, super, super fast and really a great programming language. You can be very, very productive in it in a short amount of time. It's super, super opinionated, so you know it forces you to actually write code and not spend a whole lot of time figuring out you know which libraries to bring in, how to structure your code. You know, figure out tabs versus spaces and all of that stuff. It just really forces you to to write code and to build applications, which which really keeps me focused. And uh, I was trying to get a buddy of mine for for a long time to give Go a chance and try it. And for the longest time, he's been uh, kind of you know turned off of it, and you know doesn't see the benefit of it. So later this year, or, or you know, in a month or two, I'm hoping to. Start a blog series called uh, Golang Train, so uh, G O Lang Train, where I'm just going to post a whole bunch of tutorials, and hopefully, you know, get some more people inspired about Go and building Go applications. So that's one of my that's what's keeping me really excited and motivated these days. Awesome, yeah, I I do have some experience in Go. Uh, Netlify, we actually do a lot of our open source as well as our cloud stuff in Go. Um, so like our CTO is big in the Go. And I've picked up uh, a bit of Go since I've been at Netlify. So I try to do anything that requires scripting. I try to go with Go first just to see what I can do with it. And then I tend to, I don't have any large projects like what you're working on, uh, but I do try to start new projects in Go if I can. And if I can't, then I'll just recede back to uh, JavaScript. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, Go has been my, uh, my go to, I guess. The pun is, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, everything you try to you learn about Go, it's going to have a pun about going. Um, so, <laughs> no fear there. Yep. Well, Otto, thanks for the pick. Thanks for talking about identity and how Off Zero is solving that problem in the Jam Stack. Thanks for your time, and listeners, keep spreading the jam. That's all the time we have for today. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter at Jamstack Radio. To learn more about Heavybit, visit heavybit.com. And while you're there, check out their library. It's packed with amazing talks on sales, marketing, product, and general management from founders of developer tools companies and other industry leaders. 